Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Let it be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. G'day guys, Dill here. This should not come as a surprise to anyone given he's one of the biggest and best sports broadcasters in Australia, but Brian Taylor's podcast, Life of Brian, is absolutely flying at the moment. Recently he's had on James Brayshaw, Tony Jones, his nephew and Sydney midfielder James Rowbottom, and even horse teeth Tommy Sheridan. Life of Brian is not just about the guests, it also provides a great insight behind the scenes of the football media and BT's life away from the mic. He's a very, very quirky man. Who would have thought picking up sticks is so important? The show is hosted by his son Harrison and it's fair to say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because Harrison gives Brian a run for his money. Life of Brian is a clubby sports podcast and it should be in your rotation. IllyXX. Welcome back to the Dylan Friends podcast. Today I'm chatting with my good mate Sammy Doherty. Now, with all that's going on at the moment, it just doesn't feel right to get out in the public and record these podcasts. So fortunately for myself, I've gone and invested in a new in-home studio so I can do all my podcasts remotely, set up over the internet. I had a chat with ScoMo last night. He said, Dill, I want you to stay inside, set a good example. I said, ScoMo, that's a great call. So I'm here, I'm setting up the studio, I'm doing my podcasts, and um, I'm going to be doing as many as I can. So I'm going to be bringing out as much content as possible. So if you have any requests, make sure you hit me up. Now, I, I do apologize for the drop in a little bit of audio quality with the guests. Obviously, it is over the internet, so it's not going to be as clean, as crisp as possible as it has been, but uh, we will make do. Now, for my guest today, as I said, he's one of my great mates. He's keen to jump on and have a chat about his circumstances at the moment, what's he doing in self-isolation, how he's keeping up with his training. He gives us some updates on the AFL, the pay cut situation. We take a look at back at his journey over the last two years, obviously with his ACLs and making his comeback, his short-lived comeback, but it was a fantastic comeback. And uh, we reflect on his wedding, which made some, some big headlines in the summer. Uh, for all the right or wrong reasons, however you look at it. And importantly, we, uh, we we talk about how vital it is to stay connected to our friends and family at the moment in this time and give some advice on that. So thanks for tuning in. Look after each other. Enjoy the show. Let's go. Welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Strap yourselves in for some lighthearted and wholesome fun. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. It's been good. It's been a while. We haven't we haven't been on uh, in face to face for some time now. No, we haven't. We've uh, it's been. I was one of the first first representatives on the Dylan Friends podcast, but haven't uh, been back. Um, so we get the virtual sense at the moment, which is good. Yeah, we do, mate. And um, may I just say, you are looking extremely handsome. Um, it is good to see your face. And uh, it's been a big it's been a big few weeks, I suppose. This coronavirus has taken uh, not only the AFL world, but just the world, in fact, by storm. How are you feeling? How are you dealing with it all? What's news? Um, yeah, it has. It's been a it's been a massive week, to be honest. We've uh, from a football sense, and uh, I've uh, thrown a, a move of house in the middle of it. So we've uh, we've been flat stick this week, um, getting into the new place and unpacking. But um, from a football sense, it's a bit of the great unknown, what we're doing, what we're going to be um, getting paid, what we're going to be training like, when we're going back to the club, when the game starts. So um, a lot of uncertainty in the world at the moment. Yeah, what is the go, mate? Like, obviously, the season sort of finished at the moment, but what was the um, 
what was it like with with the club with uh, the cock the cockroach um, David T? What did he say to you guys at the end of the session? Pretty much said, "Look, you'll be back in what six seven weeks." Well, the plan is we're back into the footy club in four weeks as of um, Monday. So we're nearly a week through that, but it's uh, it's very unknown. It's very very government-based on whether we actually go back into the club then or it's a bit later. And um, we've essentially got a 10-week program sort of set out until May 31, I think it is, that um, that's the plan to be back and hopefully play some footy. But um, this virus is moving so quickly, we've got absolutely no idea what's going to happen. And we're sort of just trying to be as flexible as we can, try and um, make the sort of best out of a bad situation at the moment. And um, hopefully we can get back playing some footy, which would be great. It is scary, mate. And like you said, the best out of a bad situation at the moment. Um, what are you up to now? Like, what are you doing at home? How are you making this as, as positive as you can be? Because I suppose you can go, you can probably go two ways. And, and you especially, mate, you've had a tough run the last 900 days. I'm going to say 1,000 just to round it up. Um, it's been tough for yourself with with your knees, and now that now the coronavirus has has come in and and stopped that, and I, I suppose now you've had a bit of a, a a realization that you know footy and life, you know, life is more important and health and whatnot. But what are you doing to stay busy? How are you staying positive in it at all? Um, well, I think the perspective element um, does help me in a sense that I've been through a fair bit in my life that um, has made me have the realization that football isn't everything and. Um, I'm pretty lucky I've got health in all my family at the moment and um, no one's affected as such. Um, I'm, I'm lucky in a sense that I've, I've got a house and mortgage and stuff that hopefully I'll be able to afford giving the, the pay regulations. But um, the, the keeping myself busy, I'm, I, I love exercising. So um, the little small spaces around my house that I've, I've got, I'm trying to sort of use them as, as much as, a, as it's part of my job, but as part of um, just enjoying it in general. Um, I, uh, I'm trying to get a higher treadmill at the moment, which will be able to keep my running even if we get locked indoors. So um, it's going to be challenging, but um, in a sense, it's uh, it's uncharted territories that we're just sort of making our way through at the moment. And I think all players are the same. It's a bit it's a bit confusing, a bit unknown, but um, I think the whole of the society is in the same boat. We're just all a bit unsure about what what's actually going to happen, what's going to be the future in um, in the industry and in in everyone else's industry um, more broadly. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Like, I think there's two ways you can go about it. Like, we can be in lockdown and we can be um, self distancing and be like really negative about it, um, and you can be like down the dumps. And obviously, like a lot of people do have the right to be like that. You know, I don't have a lot of work on at the moment at all. Um, you know, as as you know, I was doing a lot of stuff with with the AFL and with the footy. But there's another aspect as well, and you just think, look, I'm locked inside. I have so many things that I've always wanted to do and never got around to. Um, how can I make this as as positive and as beneficial for me as possible? As I, I suppose, like I've went out, I've got my new mics, I've got my new podcast set up. I've just seen it as an as an opportunity to now literally do as many things as I can that I've I probably wouldn't do if I was working full time and and wouldn't have the opportunity to to do it. So I think you know we probably both share this message in in out there that like you're literally going to be locked down for twenty four hours. A day, like obviously you're allowed to go out and do whatever you need and go to work, but there's no better time now to you know go out there like start start a, a business that you've always wanted to start, start a podcast, um, keep fit at home, um, check in on your mates because that's you know probably the most important thing right now. People are, are probably struggling, but you've got to give them time to be happy. And there's 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 definitely a positive outlook on it all. I think. Yeah, definitely. I think there's 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 a lot of opportunity, a lot of hours in the day that if we do get stuck indoors, that you can. 
you can take it one of two ways. You can you can sit and watch TV all day, or you can read books and better educate yourself. You can um, you can start to plan uh, whether it's a podcast or a business, what you want to do in the future. Um, there's a number of things that we can do in life that you can do indoors that um, are going to be more beneficial to yourself. But we'll um, we just have to people just have to find that passion and. At the moment, it's going to be quite unmotivating, but there's um, there is ways that you can sort of get a bit out of this next time, um, as you said at the start, making uh, making the best of a bad situation. Talk to me. What's your business idea? I, I'm I've been reading so many things at the moment about these times in the world of like these recessions and and tough times, and these businesses have been created like Uber, WhatsApp, all these amazing things that have been created. You're a smart man. There's a big brain in that head. What's talk to me about your business idea? You've got to pitch me something. No, we it's 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 it does present opportunity after this. I think um, we'd be mad not to try. Is this is something that we've we wanted to try for a long time? We'd be mad not to try and start it up after um, what we're going to go through. Obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty, but it gives you a hell of a lot of time to plan and um, get everything into into order to what you want to do. I like it, Sam. I'm looking forward to uh, being a business savvy man. And that'd be good. <laughs> it might go nowhere. <laughs> You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. I want to talk about the footy because uh, obviously it's a big story. It hasn't really yep. been told a whole lot. Like really, the last time we had the chat, it was the podcast had just started, as you said, um, to I think maybe a month later you did your knee. Um, coincidence? Yeah. No. That was no coincidence there um, whatsoever. But talk us through that, I, I suppose, that first time. Like you never really had too many injury injury troubles in your career, but um, obviously the first one I remember hearing about it and obviously you just come off a, a BNF and an All-Australian, so you're ready to absolutely explode and then you shot down with the old the old knee, ACL, bang. Yeah, it was um, – I've done a few sort of – I've had a lot of surgeries through my career, but nothing's actually really affected um, playing footy. Um which was probably the toughest one when you when you do your ACL. It's um, I was probably lucky in the sense that um, a bit of stuff that I was going through I'd, I'd sorted out prior to doing that ACL in terms of my mental health and, and stuff like that. So I was in a lot better place to deal with what I was going through. Um, like most athletes, you sort of um, you you cop it on the chin and you just look forward to it and excited to what you can do. Um, not to say that the first few months were, weren't absolutely shattering, but um, going through rehab through that first one, um, I look back and I, I struggled, but I didn't struggle that much. I um, always had, um, I was always ticking all my markers off well before I was supposed to. I was stronger than I'd ever been. Everything was as it should be, if not much better. So um, throughout that one, I always had this eye, I was like I was just going to come back and be fine. And that was, that was what I, my mindset was the whole time. And um, throughout that, um, as I said, the, the positives of always ticking off markers early and everyone telling me I was going really well and um, everything it was going as it should be. I was like, oh, there's no reason why I'm not just going to come back and play good footy. Um, that was that was probably the toughest part about when I did it the second time um, was that I thought I was just going to come back, be fine, roll back in, one ACL, no stress, and then... Um, that second one hit, and that one hit a fair bit harder than I was expecting. And that was like, I suppose, talking about injury was as well. That was a bit of a different one in terms of like it was a, more of a contact. Was it like in a marking contest, wasn't it? Like with Charlie? Yeah, it was. Um, I was sort of leading. I was defending um, Charlie on a lead up, 
ball got kicked to the ground and we sort of bumped into each other trying to like jostle for the ball and he's a big lad um and my foot just was in the wrong wrong angle it gripped too much to the to the grass and I went over it and it um it did it the complete opposite way to what my first one was so um that was probably the 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 toughest part is that the first one was just running change of direction you just, just your basic wave you see a lot of people do their ACLs whereas the second one was a fair bit more force which um at the time I thought I actually did my medial um I don't know whether I was trying to tell myself a story or not but I thought I did my medial and I thought I'd be out for six to eight weeks um, which still put me in line for the season. I actually, I went and got my scan um, and I went to the gym, my local gym, because I didn't want to miss a weight session. And then um, on the way back from the gym, I got a call from the doctor and um, I got the, the bad news. And um, fair to say that was one of the tougher moments I've had to go through. More from, I just didn't prepare myself. I just had prepared myself for something completely different. And to get that news, it was yeah, pretty shocking. Mate, I can only imagine, but um, I don't want to make light of a, of a bad situation there, but something where I think that you can be positive in that situation is you, you speak about the force injury on the second one against Charlie, obviously a powerful unit coming up against him on the field, but could you imagine if that contest was against me? Like you would literally probably have to cut your leg off. The amount of force that I would have pushed through you, you were every chance to never play the game again. So just be thankful in that. If, scenario. If, if that contest was due, there was every chance that I mightn't have even hit a bump. I might, I might have actually won the contest. <laughs> we wouldn't be having issues. <laughs> what, what was the what was the uh, the rehab like the second time? I know you did a bit of traveling. You went to Philadelphia. Yep. You also mixed that in with your Bucks party. So how does how does that work? Yeah, well, I sort of originally I actually had it. I did my my second knee on December 15 and we were actually planning on going to New York, had flights, accommodation, everything booked for Christmas. Um, obviously had my op on the 20th, so that made that near on impossible because I was in a bed for two and a half weeks. So um, we postponed that trip for a bit later. We did that, just a nice, just a trip to get away, just a mental refresh um, at the end of Jan. Um, but then, yeah, as I, as I went through my whole rehab, we uh we always planned to do something different that we hadn't done the year before, and that was to go see Bill Knowles in Philadelphia, and um, so we did that. Um, Bill Knowles, he's the, the famous Dan James. Man. Yeah, he's the famous. Cal Ward and Dev Smith were there the week before me. Um, Johnny Patton's been there. There's been countless guys in the AFL yeah, that have been over there. I did my meniscus once, and I never got sent there. Yeah, it's um probably not the budget to be sending you over there for meniscus. <laughs> But yeah, no, it was uh, it was a really good trip in the end. It um, it taught me a, a heap of stuff that I could do better. It taught us that we were doing a hell of a lot right, but there was probably three or four things that um, we picked up off him that was really really good. Um, I then did extend that into traveling Lockie Anderson over there for uh, for for about a week of enjoyment in in Vegas, which I'd never done before, which was uh, which was a lot of fun. What'd you do over there? What did I do over there? We uh, we drank a lot, and that was about it. To be honest, woke up, went to the clubs, and then went back home. Like, like what most people do on their bus party. Was it was fun? good. It was good. I think I think I FaceTimed um, almost we everybody. We also organised you a, a a surprise bucks party when you got home. Do you want to tell the story of how flat I was when you was rocked up my house? <laughs> oh my god! I uh, yeah. Well, we. <laughs> A lot of us couldn't make it on the on the three day tour of Las Vegas um, because I unfortunately just lost my job at that stage for the second time, 
and um, <laughs> I just it just wasn't quite in the rookie wage budget to to fly to Vegas for three days. Um, and so I said, look, let's let's organise you a, another Bucks party. And you just got back from, I think you just got back from your Bucks, and the weekend after yeah. you were going back to America. Yeah, no, no, it was I just got back from Vegas. I just got back, and two days later was the weekend. Right. Okay. So you just got back, and we were sort of saying we're going to take you out for a lunch. You're an idiot, as if you even believe that. We uh, we rocked up at your house. We had a, we had a six pack to split between the, the five of us. Um, and just said we're going to take you out for lunch, and then all of a sudden we rocked up to the pub, and thirty best mates are there, and we we um, had a couple of cordials, and it was a good day. It was, yeah, it was a, it was a very good day. It's uh, fair to say that I was like though. <laughs> I was devastated when you rocked up. To do with it. No, well, originally my lovely wife Natalie was um, was pitching that we were going to go away for a weekend, take the dog down the coast, um, really shut it down for two or three days, which. Um, I was really thoroughly looking forward to, and um, when you rocked up in my house, I was like, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> Even happier time for yourself, which is which is a very positive yeah. time. It was great. Was the wedding? Yeah. So the wedding, obviously in January. Yes. Um, a lot of people would know about that. It was on the front page of the Herald Sun. Um, you know, a lot of a lot <laughs> yeah. of people there. Unfortunately, intoxic got you know quite intoxicated which you know that those, that things happen love's in the air you know you can't really control yourself sometimes um you've got to celebrate love because love is a beautiful thing um it was a great day though mate did you, yeah. did you have fun did you enjoy it was it was it worth the um was it worth the bill because i'll tell you what it wouldn't have been cheap uh yes <laughs> it was it was um definitely worth the bill i i was scared that i was going to get to the end of the wedding and and uh Sit, sit, sit in the bed the next day and go, geez, I wasted a bit of money on that. But no, I, uh, I loved every moment of it. I had, I had the best time. It was, it was everything that um, I'd ever hoped for and probably more, to be honest. In the planning stages, it's, um, the girls get very excited and the, and the guys watch the, watch the money and, and dread, to be honest. And that's, that's, the, that's the honest truth for the, for the planning. But um, on the day, I, everything that we did, I absolutely loved and we just had the best time. We actually just got our wedding video back yesterday, which... Um, which was great, putting a smile on that my face in in um, in a trying time at the moment. Oh, that's beautiful, mate. Um, make sure you send a copy over to me. I'll uh, I'll definitely watch that one tonight. Um, just before bed, that'd be beautiful. <laughs> You're listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. G'day, listeners. Louis Burke here. Here's what's happening this week on Generation Batuta. The shoes on the other foot as Katrina Sakamoto investigates what happened when a Balinese footy team visited Batuta. Huntley and the other Batuta dolphins found it difficult to get the bitter bears to take in the cultural sites of Batuta. They didn't even care about our town, our history, where we came from. Nothing. All they wanted was Eastern food and to get as pissed as possible. Also, why would someone unfollow us on social media? I sent Evan97 in to find out. So, do you like that show Generation Batuta? Nah. That's this week on Generation Batuta. Generation Batuta. I am glad that you had a good time though at the wedding, and I'm glad that you, you know, you yeah. really loved the day, and I did love the day myself. Um, I was the MC. You, you know, you asked me to be the MC, and to say I was shocked would be a lie. You know, I am an incredible public speaker, and um, charisma is fantastic, and you, there's probably no one else you'd really want to host the event. Um, which was great, um, and I was also in the in the groomsmen, which was beautiful. So thank yeah. you for that as well. But 
No worries. Sam, hey, there's something that I haven't brought up with you this day, and, and it's it still to this day cuts me a little bit um, in the chest around the heart is the the disrespect that you showed me um, by putting me at the end of the groomsmen. Um, it was incredible. Yeah. Now I'm going to paint the picture for the for the people listening. Basically, you had I think there was seven groomsmen. So it was you know you were probably unlucky to not be in the groomsmen party if you were at the wedding. Realistically, so at that stage I was sort of like, all right, well Jesus Christ, this bloke, I don't know what, what's he doing. Like I should probably be in the you know around the top. So we get to the wedding and no one's been, everyone's been a bit shady on like where everyone's standing and no one's really telling me what's going on. You know, I'd put in a lot of effort for this speech. So I was sort of like head down, bum up, just organizing that. I, I, I get to the wedding and everyone's sort of standing in position and I'm thinking, where am I? Like, there's literally not much room here left. Like, I don't know where I'm going to be fitting in in this scenario at all. Like, it was a grass, it was an outside wedding and it was an outside wedding in the botanical garden. So a beautiful place, beautiful setting. The area was sort of like surrounded by shrub and bush. So I'm standing, for example, it was Sam at the bro- Sam the groom, Nick Graham, who I'll get to in a minute, is standing there with the rings, which I, geez, I still to this day don't know how he got that gig. Lockie Henderson, your brother, Paddy Cripps, Goz, me. So you've got me at the end of these pe- – like Goz is 215 centimetres. I literally like – I was standing in the bushes. Like, I, no one could even see me there. I actually didn't even know if you guys got married. I couldn't even hear. People were laughing at me at the wedding. Do you want to know, do you want to know the honest truth of why you ended up there? Please. I, I, had you close, I had you closer to the front. Not to throw my wife under the bus completely, <laughs> but her comment was, doesn't he have a big enough role in this wedding as it is? <laughs> It's not the fact of the role. It's the fact that I was standing in the shrubs and like people were thinking that I was on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. I was literally in the jungle. I, I was dirty from standing that far away. I didn't even know if you guys had actually even tied the knot. That's how far away I was. And it didn't help that all the boys at the wedding were just laughing at me standing that far away from you guys. And and, and mind you, to put this in context, Natalie, beautiful wife, had three bridesmaids. You had You had seven and I was... I was pretty much on the other side of the Yarra River. Yeah, well, some, well, someone had to be there, mate. That's the, and I thought you'd take it well, and I was actually quite I was significantly wrong because <laughs> you haven't let me down. I've been holding on to it for a while. It's the other time in isolation, all, all these things are coming up. Oh, but, uh, memories. Mate, no, it was uh, we had some good fun. It was rather funny. What was your and favourite moment? Because I've, I've got the, one in um, mind. Oh, really? Yeah. What's your favourite? What was your moment? favourite moment? You can you go you go yours first. Okay. Um. My favourite moment. Um, I, look, it's all a bit. It's all a bit blurry, to be honest. I can't really imagine. I, I did stuff up a few times. I, I remember I called out the maid of honour. I somehow I know this girl very well. Her name's Lana McElroy. Shout out to her. For some reason, I called her Lana Murphy um, when I introduced her up. So she was quite upset about that. Um, but besides that, it, you know, it was just all just a great night. Yeah, yeah. Well, mine. Apart from the fact that it's getting married, probably. One of my highlights of the day was um, after yourself had a few too many cordials, you thought it'd be a great idea to break dance on the dance floor, and um, <laughs> through 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 your break dance, I'll like to give the listeners a, just a thought of what happened here. He's gone for the back spin on the ground, and no, um, not a say, my auntie Mel. Here, no, before you start here, <laughs> this is her fault. 
This is all her fault. She got it. No, right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, in the process of doing the backspin on the ground, my auntie Mel um, was standing within vicinity of Bill, and he spun around, kicked her feet out, and she's face planted on the dance floor. He's got up, looked at her, and gone. Shouldn't have been standing there. <laughs> Is that a true story? Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty accurate. And I still stand to this day, Mel. We had a chat the next day at the wedding, at the uh, at the after party or whatever it's called. And you know, she admitted her fault. Um, you don't get in the way of someone when they're break dancing. Um, it's unfortunate that she nearly did break her jaw um, in the process. But yeah, that's what happens, mate. I'm a I'm a fighter, and um, when yeah. the song comes on, you just gotta you gotta get down with it. Yeah, Jesus, it was uh, one, of, one of many good memories, one of many good memories. You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Well, we check out the new long sleeve tops on dillandfriends.com. They're friggin' swag. What was it like, I suppose, <laughs> post the wedding? Um, oh, jeez, I don't know if I can tell this story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, I won't name the player who this – I won't name the person who this was. I probably just already told it, but – um. We were leaving the wedding, myself and my fiance Justine, and we're leaving the wedding, heading back to our um, our place for the night. And I'm driving out in the Uber, in the Uber, and I'm in the back seat, just going, "Gee whiz, what a night! That was fantastic." Um, got my head out the window, just getting some air because I'm feeling a little bit crook. And I sort of like looking into the park, like into the Botanical Gardens, and I can see this guy laying on the ground, and I'm like. Far out. That looks like he's dead. Like I don't know if I was seeing something or not. And um, I was like, "That's." I'm like, "Geez, that guy's wearing a black black tie suit. Like he's pretty fancy to be." This was on the other side of the Botanical Gardens, by the way. So it's like pretty big, pretty big park. I'm like, "Geez, that guy's pretty strange." Like that's so weird. I'm going past, then thinking, "Oh my god, this is someone from the wedding that's just sleeping in the park." I've drove driving past, driving past. He gets up. The person was from your wedding, and I know exactly who it was, but I cannot mention it to this stage. But basically, this bloke had just slept in the park. I think he got found the next day. That's, so this is one of the stories that's had the most fabrication I've ever heard. So I've got to the back of what actually happened, and said person was sitting on the ground waiting for an Uber and stood up to go get in his Uber. And this story has grown legs from... You saying that you saw him laying on the ground, so then it ended up by the Chinese whispers, ended up he slept in the botanical gardens <laughs> and was found by the ranger the next day, which That's is the story that like, ended like up that in the paper. <laughs> <laughs> so this just shows you where the landscape of everything goes these days. Is said person was sitting waiting for an Uber um, that ended up, the complete fabrication of a story, which was rather funny the next day when we were all laughing about it and everyone was throwing yeah, that bit of mail. It's not funny when it's in the paper. Um, yeah, it's not that funny when it ends up in the paper and then we're having um, we're having discussions about what happened on the day. Um, all right, well, let's put it to yeah, bed a, now. A, a, what he was doing was yeah. he was sitting on his back yes. in the middle of the yes. park with his eyes closed waiting for an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> You saw all this from your Uber driving. And I saw this. I, I actually feel bad because I probably should have. Um, I probably should have. I probably should have stopped and helped him out. But just at the time, I was thinking that's pretty funny. Um, not realizing that he could probably <laughs> go into a bit of strife. 
yeah, anyway, anyway, we'll move on. We will. Mate, how's uh and has it been, I suppose, um since, you know, you, you came back from the knee recently. This is pre corona as well. You got yep. your first game back, which was fantastic. And um again I've got some some audio of the person who's gonna care about that for you. Um obviously a great game and um, great comeback. How was that to get out get back out there finally? No, it was um it was good. It was um I was I was really wrapped that the AFL let us have at least one game. Um for me that mental hurdle slash um oh how else can I put it? the the amount of times I'd rehearsed that game and that moment in my head um over the space of those nine hundred days was is ridiculous and just to be get be able to get out there and um probably put to bed a bit of the the, the, the few doubts that I had in my head in terms of am I gonna be the same player coming back and Am I going to be returning the same as what I was when I was playing footy beforehand? And um, is the knee going to hold up? Like, not that they were forefront of my mind, but it's, it's always in the back of your mind that those sort of doubts and thoughts come into your head. And to be able to actually get out there and um, and play and um, and uh, and put put together a performance was um, was really pleasing for me. And um, it was shattering that I had a had a lot of people that wanted to be there to watch that game that have helped me a lot over the last two years that couldn't be there because of the crowd situation and, and COVID. But um, for me mentally to get that to get that one game out of the way was um, was absolutely huge for for my sort of mental confidence. And uh, but I didn't get that out. And I'm sitting at home now after doing a five month preseason, um, two months two months out uh, two years out of the game. Um, I'd be pretty shattered to be honest. Yeah, bloody oath, mate. And um... Like you said, it's it's just hectic because, like you said, you've missed two seasons. Um, you get back for one, which was which was fantastic, um, which was great. Okay. And then is that your only button? For that to sort of happen, <laughs> yes, yes, that is. <laughs> and uh, to get back, you know, it's obviously great. But now again, it's looking like you might have to wait a little bit longer. But in saying that, mate, um, if you do need, con- I heard you saying in that that I picked up. You, sometimes you lose confidence of what you can do, um, and it's definitely not the case, mate. If you ever need to know what players are made aware of on the ground, feeds it inside to Cruiser. He goes to Buckley. He's going to the square. He could get it to run and roll. He doesn't need to run and roll. What a goal! He kicks it out of here. Oh, how that continues to can just get plays. Three goals. Is that in your iPhone or is that a button? Three is that goals, a button, mate. Oh well. It's my new toy. I've got the roadcaster here. It's fantastic. I can just upload that. So that's there to stay. That that is there to stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you got the um have you got your the audio of you celebrating the point? Is that on no, there too? No, sure. no, I'm not sure what that you're talking about in that scenario. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Sam, yeah, anyway. uh, mate, that's pretty much all I've got for you today. Um it's good to catch oh, up. Beautiful. It's good to chat because yeah, it's, good. it's important to stay connected. Yes. With each other. So we urge everyone out there today, maybe just jump on jump on Zoom, jump on House Party. It's a new app called Have you been on House Party? House Party? Yeah, we've got party. well because we've we we've got the same thing that we've got forty six players that are going through the same situation in terms of right. um trying to stay connected to each other. So um it's uh it's gonna be a great app for us. We're just gonna jump on and a few happy hours here and there and Catch up with everyone how they're going, and um, I've got a make sure we all stay connected. As well, in. yes, that's the best thing. Do you yeah, happy hours. I've got one booked tonight at six o'clock um, with a few of the boys, so that'll be fun. You jump on basically for those who don't know what it is. Zoom is just a, it's like a FaceTime app. We're actually using it now to record, but um, you can jump on and do it. There's actually an awesome app, man. I've 
last night, one of my mates from school, um, one of my good good friends, James Moxon, added me on this app called House Party, which is single, yeah. like single handedly one I can of the right apps now, I've ever been on in my life. Have you got it? He was adding me into these yeah, conversations, and then I was just in these conversations with random people for like an hour. It's absolutely hilarious. So this is this is how I party. I probably actually I better not add you on my stuff up the podcast. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, so yeah, jump on that. Stay connected. Um, thanks for your time. Um, so one thing I am asking all people to do while we're on Zoom at the moment, mate, is um, obviously if we were together, I would love to give you a kiss. Yeah, I love yeah. You. So I'm asking you now if you can just maybe put your put your head to the. I'm going to put it that way. I'm going to put it to the right. I reckon you go the other way. Yeah, and just kiss the end of the screen for me. I'm ready. Go. No, that's mate, that beautiful. Was, that is. You have that was a bit of tongue in there, I reckon. Dirty creep. Yeah, probably. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, mate. Uh, Sammy, enjoy. Uh, be yourself. I'll speak to you soon, my friend. I'll speak to you soon, mate. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. The show is produced by Dylan Buckley and Luca Ganano. Richard Stansbury looks after the audio and editing. Samuel Kenny Creative is responsible for branding and graphic design. And the show is recorded at 3AW Studios, Collins Street, Melbourne. If you would like to contact my son, head to dylanfriends.com or look me up in the white pages and I'll pass it on. <laughs>